Hello and welcome to your Wednesday Dose of Wealth Wisdom with me, Daniel Kennedy, your host. Today we're going to be discussing on episode 44 is how to ensure your builds are finished efficiently and built to a very high standard. Um, the reason why I feel I'm able to talk on a subject like this is I've probably made every goddamn mistake there is to make when it comes to refurbishments and builds and changing different strategies and starting from zero knowledge, going to get the knowledge, then trying it again, trying to make it more efficient till eventually we've arrived at where we are now, which is where we have our own in-house construction company. We control the trades, we control the cash flow, and we control the materials and the quality of the materials that go on and into our HMOs. So there's a few key things that you need to accept with construction, and that is it's not always going to be 100% efficient, and you should expect to make mistakes, expect to be taken advantage of if, if you're unaware. So the onus on you is to go out there, find people who are able to teach you the ins and outs of construction and it's going to take time you're not going to be a project manager overnight it takes many many months and lots and lots of experience to even get a grasp of even a small percentage of what is required when you go out to do big developments and when i say big developments i mean developments that require planning this is seven bears swiss generous hmo and above uh, mainly hmo because that's what we do so the first thing that i would implore you to do to ensure that you have an efficient build is get yourself educated that doesn't mean you have to pay thousands and thousands of pounds um which i did i I went to a few trade courses so i know the ins and outs of what roughly is expected and what needs to be done on various builds um but you can go to development tours like I, i run one there are other people that run them go visit people go on the free weekend network with people who have done it previously and just absorb all that knowledge because the mistakes like no person is unique right i'm not unique you're not unique none of us are really unique we make in this artsy fartsy world we like to pretend we are but we all make the same mistakes uh, now that i've been chatting to other investors who do something similar like we all tend to make the same mistakes that is paying them before they've fucking done the work like that is the biggest mistake um Something I've fallen foul, foul off. Um, I'll tell you a story. The first first refurb that I did, it was for somebody else uh, in one of the deals I sourced. I had, the guy was like, I need 10 grand up front. No contract. No nothing. No no schedule of work. So I was like, yeah, sure, here you are. And then I was like, J- J- Jimmy, where are you going? <laughs> well, why are you getting in your van? Are you not going to start work? And he drove off and I didn't have a fucking clue what to do. So I learned my lesson there. I never did that again. Uh, wrong. I did it again. Yeah when i did my birmingham hmo did something similar so i learned via mistakes so never give cash to a builder without a contract in place and very often you will have to write that contract if you're um a fairly savvy business person most of the time um i was writing the contracts for the builders uh, and then i tend to make it fairly fair like he would get paid i would get the work done uh, and don't be afraid to swap out the builders if you're not getting the service you desire. Um, you, like w- when you get good builders, it's it's you kind of want to hold on to them, and you can often um, accept poor service or accept. Um, so, like for for me, uh, I changed builders when they weren't fast enough. Uh, I swapped out a builder, and then I also changed a builder when he screwed someone else over because just on principle, even though it was a lot of work to find another one. Um, 
I'll have a moral standard and a line in the sand. And regardless of how inconvenient it is to me, regardless of how like bloody annoying it would be, I would change the whole team instantly. If 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 one, I found out they were robbing from other trades, I, I wouldn't like to be involved with a, a firm that did that. Uh, two, if they were um, getting work done and then not paying their subbies, um, that that happened quite a lot. And when I found out, I swapped the team. Um, uh, four, uh, three, sorry, if they were drunk or doing drugs on site, that's happened previously and we had to get rid of people, fire them there and then. Um, and then five was um, lateness. I had a builder that was late all the time, um, promised me he wouldn't, and I just got rid of him. And then I had to go through the search and the palaver of getting new trades, find it. And it is a stress to find and build teams, for sure. Of course it is. And I've approached it from many, many angles. And the one that would seem to work is when you have lots of work on is build a company from the inside out and, and this is my plan get get your free uh, your plumber your, your chippy and your builder a few laborers get a project manager to try and systemize it and then slowly but surely test and adjust steer the ship left and right uh, and then when you've got this run of projects then you can leave the team to go about their day or you can continue to build it if you want. And that's worked the best. Like we're getting the best quality HMOs. It's getting fast. Uh, it's it's not cheap. It's very, very, I'm probably paying more for my HMOs than I've ever paid before, but they get done correctly and they get done quickly. Um, so it sort of plays itself out in the end because the opportunity cost is now less because we're able to refinance quicker. We're able to move quickly on the next deals. Um, so in the long run, I think it will pay off because we've got more HMOs behind us. So we've got number one, which is don't pay them cash. Like don't pay them cash, don't pay them money up front without a contract. Like every single builder who does a little bit of work gets trade accounts and they have to pay at the month, end of the month. I know this now. Like we, we could go for a good a good solid week with no money leaving the account if we wanted to. Um, but we don't run it like that because we've got good cash reserves. Um, so there's no need for you to pay up front, nor should you, unless you trust the person or it's a big, huge job. Um, so number two, I have a line in the sand. Um, and even if it's like if, if somebody passes it, just get rid of get rid and start again. Like be aware everyone is replaceable. There's no person who's key. No one. Everyone is replaceable. The next man will be able to do the same job as the other. They might not do it to the best of their ability or they might have different skill sets, but you can get things done if you become a good manager. And people are, like people should know that um, you should make them feel valued for the work, but you, they should also know if, if things go awry, you, you wouldn't hesitate to change anything. Uh, and you can create a fairly good culture that way. Um, uh, and number three is make sure that you always 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 at least have a rudimentary knowledge of the process of a build so you don't want for instance if you're doing it on price work to have your stud walls up and then the sparks come in to do their first fix and it's already boarded like that would be an utter disaster a waste of time and a waste of money so learn the stages of a build and i'm just going to go over them now you have your strip out you have the secure and changing of the shell so that's your bricks your roof repair you do that you do your 
your groundworks extensions if that's what you're going to do. Then you do your stud work first fix. You get your sparks and plumber in to do your first fix plumbing. Then you put the boards on. Potentially you, the half of the boards might already be on if you've started boarding and studding. So the sparks can still get behind and so can the plumber. Then you would close off the boards. So board the other side and start plastering and do your taping and joining. Um, and then after plastering, you then basically there tends to be a bit of a pause for us that's where we start to do bits and bobs of every little job really some of the bathrooms go in some of the skirts and arcs go on uh, some of the door frames will begin to get like some of the doors will get hung at this stage as the plaster dries because there's always a bit of a delay um and then after the plaster is dry yeah you want to get your uh, mist coat on so you can start decorating because this is where the job slows right right down and you just need to methodically plod along and then just get every room up to standard get every wall up to standard get every ceiling up to standard uh, and then you would smash out your second fix carpentry second fix plumbing second fix electrics at the end after you've done your painting really you don't really want the electrics um in with your plug sockets and your lights and everything because no matter how careful and how much you implore describe what you want get them to repeat back to you what you want paint gets on the furniture the door furniture and the, the electric so try and save that till the very end and then your final 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 thing after you've snagged put your flooring and carpets down if it's laminate it's different because you want the skirting and arcs to go on the laminate but carpets do it last because again people are people they forget mud gets thrown up to the carpets and then once mud gets trodden into a carpet it's very difficult to get it out so know the schedule and the stages of a build. So then when somebody wants to rush ahead, you can say, no, listen, go leave the site. This isn't what we're going to do, especially if you're doing it for price work, because um, people will have a, an attitude and a culture of not my job. So they'll want to board, get paid, but then they won't come back and fix it when the sparks or the electrician is requiring to move the boards to get behind them and there's a real big culture when you do price work um, but then there's also not the hassle you've got to weigh the pros and cons having your own team you need to keep them employed and that's fucking stressful that is really really stressful um doing price work there's much less responsibility if you haven't got no work they, they need to go find it themselves and the onus is on the people so weigh up the pros and cons um and there are there are lots and lots and lots because um, if you're having people on day rate, you have to, you have, like all their problems become your problems and you have to work to solve them together. If, whereas price work, you can just go to the next person. And that's typically how it works. Um, so number four, so I'm just going to give you five because there's so many things that you can get wrong and you can get right with this. Um, but these are the most important that should bear in mind your first refurb is going to be a complete chaotic nightmare. You're going to, at the end of it, you're going to think, what the fuck did I do that for? That was horrible. How do people make money from doing this? And everyone I chat to does it the same. Like unless, unless you've got steadfast construction and design on the first, on the, on the case, like, I'm sure Pav and Cav, Calvin, the two uh, people who got involved, are de-stressed because all the stress was bloody on me. But everyone I chat to who does it on price work, it's it's horrendous. It's not enjoyable. Like any course you go on, it tells you easy. It's bloody lying. It's horrid because you have to deal with so many things. So many like you have to be really good at logistics. You have to be really good at human resources. You have to be really good at interior design because potentially you're not going to be doing or hiring all these consultants. It's going to be you. 
the book stops with you. If the materials ain't on site and the guys are guys are there to work, you still have to pay them regardless. So you need to really be on the ball with this um, because time is money, right? You're paying the interest of the bridging. You're, you've probably got a time constraint on that bridging. You need to get the materials. You're probably raising money from investors. So there's a whole facet of things that you need to take care of. So number four, have in your contract a time constraint. So in the early days, used to have a list of jobs to that, that would do. And I'd, I'd like call them at the builder. I'd be like, Steve, where are you? I'm on site. I was like, you're fucking not on site, Steve, because I'm here. Oh, they must be at the other site. And then, no, Elton's over at the other site. Where are you? Oh, we'll get got. And they're going to lie to you if unless you have some legal parameters or unless you have control of the where the people go and you build sort of like an ecosystem. You'd think if... Most investors that I speak want to pay for a good firm to do the work. They don't mind paying, but there's a it's real skewed in such in terms of fair exchange um, with some of the builders in the past that I've dealt with. They just want so much like you you want to pay them, but then they, they just take the piss when they don't respect you if you don't have that line in the sand. Um, and, and you've got to really have that line in the sand, as I spoke to previously, because you will get walked all over and be under no illusion. This is number five. Number five. No matter how long somebody works with you, no matter how many jobs you give them, they're not your friend. They are there to extract as much money as possible out of you. That is their whole existence. Everyone is like it, it's a whole different ball game that I've learned. Like dealing with investors and raising finance, it's a, it's a very different world. Most people are wanting just security and to get their investment back. There isn't too much, like, they don't want to push it up to 15, 20%. There, there's no, no one's ever tried to do that because they know it's an unrealistic return. They're quite happy getting the return and actually getting their money back. Um, but, but some trades will try and bleed you for dry, not realizing if you make money, you will give them more work. There, there's a disconnect. They just don't get that. It's, it's, what I've come across, like very, very few in the minority. Obviously, this is a broad brush, and I'm speaking about my experiences personally. And now we, we've got we've got a good team, but I'm under no illusion. If I didn't pay, they wouldn't work. Like, they're, they're, of course, they're not my friends. Not at all. This is a business relationship. If they're not getting anything out of it, uh, and I'm not getting anything out of it, it would just discontinue. Like, let, let's let's be real. Let's be serious here, guys. Um, so don't kid yourself. No one in business is your friend. Everyone is out to make money from you. And most of the time, it's they want to make money from you, not with you. That is, is genuinely the, the rule that I've discovered uh, as I've gone more along. Like I came into the business really like idealistic and really sort of like, oh, they're going to make so much money. It's going to be really good. And everyone tries to take advantage of you. Fucking everyone. It's a real eye-opener to the human nature and human psychology. Like, no one is your friend. Um, and people will have a perception of you when, you, when you're when you doing well. They'll be like, this fucking wanker is making loads of money. Ah, he's making loads of money for me. I should be have a piece of that, even though they're not willing to do the work. And most people will assume when you're, when you're on the up is generally it, you get a sense of envy. Very few people congratulate you. Very few people think, well done, man. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for that opportunity. It only tends to be people who are on par with you or, or further along in their journey. Um, and that is sort of my 10 cents. So in summary, um, number one, 
uh, have a contract. They're like, don't, don't do anything on a handshake. That's uh, I did it in the past, and it's bizarre. Um, it, exactly what everyone would think would happen does happen. Uh, time scales go awry, payments get skewed, and like when me- like when when there are problems, issues, things go wrong, you will still have to pay for it. Like it's it's so crazy this world. Um, if, if a trade makes a mistake, um, that, that, m- most of the time they won't pay for it. They'll they'll expect you to pay them <laughs> more to rectify the mistake that they made. Like how mental is that? Um, and you will be the bad guy if you say "fuck off, mate." You've just ruined this. Like well, we had one project where um, it's, it's, oh, it's, a, it's a car crash, and we're going to have to go back and restart it. And after the job, uh, as I was learning, because I was going on these trade courses, the guy was like, "Daniel, will you give me other project?" And I was like, "Are, are you are, are you mad?" Of course, I'm not going to give you another project. There's a bloody the roof is leaking. There's leaks everywhere. The plaster is awful. The walls are out. Um, no, no, I could do the limbo under some of the fire doors when there's only meant to be a five mil um, gap. Uh, so no, he did not get the next job. Um, and you have to laugh because they would cry. We've lost hundreds of thousands of pounds on that deal, and it will be a very long time before we turn a profit. But this is the nature of dealing with things that you don't understand. And I didn't understand building at that point. I didn't understand that there were certain stages and that you needed insulated plasterboard when it's single skin or else you'll get hot spots and you'll get damp, something that we're now discovering. And we have to rectify that by dehumidifiers and extra fans in the bathrooms. So it's sort of like a, an ecosystem. And I'm going to give you a final bonus tip, number six. Don't try and find the right price. Find the right builder and pay the price because it will be cheaper in the long run. So when you're an investor and you begin your journey, you're, you're probably skint. You're probably like just coming out of the stupor that society puts you in of spending things on material goods that no one really cares about. And you're buying things to impress with money you don't have to show off to people you don't even know. That's generally tends to be the trend. Um, and in 10 years time, you won't remember what you bought. It will hold insignificance to how your life will turn out. Other than that, you're probably going to be quite poorly off financially if you're living in this sort of ecosystem but if you really skimp on price because you've you've come out of it and you've realized that you need to make your money work harder you need to spend luxuries on the money that your money makes not the money you exchange your time for you're probably skint at this point so you don't want to skimp on your trades like everyone who started that i chat to so he won't mind me name dropping, but I chatted to Tom uh, Henderson. He did his first refurb and he tried to skimp on costs and he said it's a car crash. I did the same. Um, I tried to skimp on costs when I did it for somebody else up in Hartlepool and it was a disaster. I had to spend like six months up there spending my own money to rectify it and oh, it's it's stressful. So don't skimp on price. But prior to parting with any money, get educated. Like in developing is not easy. Don't kid yourself. It's Bloody not. People who earn money from doing refurbs deserve every single goddamn penny, let me tell you. Because finding the right team, the logistics behind it, having the financial backing to push the team through when it's when it gets a bit more tough, um, it's it's stressful. Me under no illusion. Um so yeah, find the right builder and pay the price rather than trying to find the right price because it will cost you more in the long run. And that is my little 20-minute summary of how to ensure your builds. 
don't take years like my first couple did. Uh, sorry, months and months. Uh, stay on budget and also that you get the best result. Um, so number one, don't hand a, uh, sorry, have a contract. Number two, have a line in the sand. If the builder's being a knobhead, if they're screwing people over, if they're genuinely a, a real bad person, fire them. Be under no illusion. Everyone is replaceable. Have no loyalties in business. Um, like that, that's, that's how you have to exist. If things are stressful and you're not getting the benefit that you, you feel or you don't feel you're getting fair exchange, you need to bring it up. And if, if you then decide to part ways, there's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of builders. There are plenty of investors. Generally, the good will find the good and the bad will find the bad. Uh, uh, number three, have a, I think it's, well, I've messed up the order now. So number one is contract. Number two, line in the sand. Number three is have a time scale. Yeah, that's it. Make sure you have a time scale in your contract. And that might be number four. I've forgotten them already. Have a time scale in your contract, right? It's going to go on forever. Um, and it's really, really important. You can have penalty clauses or you could have incentives for that person. Uh, number four is, oh God, how have I forgot these? I've just been speaking about them for ages. Um, oh yeah get educated like be under no illusion building is hard if you're not educated you will be taken advantage of number five no one is your friend in business everyone is there is to take and extract as much money from you as possible and to do as little as work do little work as possible uh, it's a very very rare individual that will do right by a person if they have the opportunity to earn a bit more very rare, like very, very, very rare. I've met less than five uh, who I who I deem to have that quality. Uh, and then six is the the bonus one is find the right builder and pay the price rather than trying to find the right price. All right, thank you. I'm going to head off to bed now. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, please click the link to see some more videos. I've got quite a few good development ones now and it's all for free. So any of you who fuck up your developments and haven't listened to that, you deserve it. So invest a bit of time, click the link, find the development ones. You can see all the prior work that you need to do to get planning approval, to get make sure you get your building regs and also the schedule of work. So I can't remember the episodes, but go back. They're named like there's a series of one to three and this is the fourth one. Right. Thank you for your time. Uh, I'm doing a development tour on the 9th of February, I believe. Uh, let me just check the date for you. Yep. 9th of February. So if you're wanting to get involved in build, building and refurbing, this is a course that you need to at least start. And I will, throughout the whole day, you'll see a project. I will scratch the surface of development just to give you a taste of how bloody complicated it is and how you need to invest time. And most of the resources out there are for free, but I didn't know where to look initially, and I learned by doing. So you can come and see my process, my step-by-step -step process that you have to take. This isn't a, oh, you'll get successful. You legally have to do precondition works, current condition works, post-condition works, send your plans off to the building regs, get them approved, get the inspections out, uh, and make sure that you've got your fire alarms done in your HMOs, you've got your fire doors. Like This is all legal requirements, but there is very few places to go to make sure you can tick all these boxes. And my development tour will give you the step-by-step -step process, 
of what titles you need to research because there isn't enough time in a day for me to tell you what each title is but it'll give you a flavor of how complex it is and where you can need to go and where you possibly have areas to improve so that's me daniel kennedy hope you enjoyed this um actually was a bit sleepy before i've been going this but i'm clearly like the topic uh, and now i'm energized i'm gonna try and go to sleep so enjoy uh, i hope you have a successful development if that's what you're going to entail uh, and if you are, I'll see you on the tour on the ninth. Take care. Hello and welcome to your Wednesday dose of Welcome to me, Danny Kennedy, your host.